But in today's episode, we're going to talk about the dog training steps to stop those unwanted behaviors. I'm Ken Steep. I'm Cal McCann. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. So as I get this thing going, now um, in case maybe this is your first, actually, if this is your first train station, because I know there might be a lot of people here who are like, train station, I don't get that. Well, hop aboard the training train. We have no idea how to yeah. drive a train. Let's just Absolutely. make that clear. Actually, what happened is one of our our live stream viewers was like, I can't wait every week to jump on, oh, uh, to jump on the training so train. Nice. I know, it's really nice. Thank you guys. Uh, to jump on the training train. And I thought, wow, that's a fun name. Why don't we call this place the train station? Uh, so it's just sort of stuck. But if this is your first time here, drop new in the chat. I'd love to know if you guys are, if it's your first time watching, I might be a little, I might do a little deeper explanation as to what on earth is going on here. But um, uh, also if this is your, actually, if this is your first time here, this will be a new introduction. But if you're a longtime train station viewer, you've been riding the training train for some time. Ooh, lots of You're going to know who this person is. You're going to see him in the chat. <laughs> Kim says veteran. Yes. You yeah, are, we have Kim. lots of veter veterans We here love having you around, as Kim. Well. <laughs> uh, but you'll know who this guy is. Uh, we wouldn't be able to put on this uh, fun train station. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to, to teach you guys so people. much. If it weren't for a very special person, he's our moderator. Some of you guys might Holy know him cow. as Dan the Moderator Man. We call him Dan. Lots of links looting. So what what I did is I set, I launched a uh, McCann Dogs satellite into orbit. No big deal, lots of math and stuff. Uh, but it's a direct link to Dan in his home as he's moderating. So let's check in with Dan, see what he's up to right now. There he is. Oh, there's Lucy oh, on the couch. Oh, look at Lucy. Very cute. Very, very cute. Just being a good girl. So you might see Dan in the chat. He's got a little um, blue wrench beside his name, and he'll be able to drop links. And if you guys are looking for maybe some more uh, information, He'll be able to do that. One of our um, regulars, Debbie, is. Uh, she said she's driving, but she oh. couldn't miss it, so she's listening to us. Be careful, Debbie. <laughs> uh, I want you to be careful as you're driving, but I'm glad that you're able to jump in with us live. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, now, if you are uh, a veteran, which uh, I know uh, Kimberly mentioned she is, Debbie's also a, a train station veteran, you'll know one of my favorite parts, in, whether it's during the show, like uh, in the chat, or after in some of the, uh, the comments section, we get people that are watching this checking in from all over the world. And I want to know where you guys are joining us from. So I'm going to run the train station roll call. Let us know where you are exactly, you know, what country, what town maybe you're in. I've, uh, I've had to look up some really interesting towns all over the world. It's so much fun to find out. Actually, someone a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, mentioned that they were in like Yellowstone National Park watching the train station. Really? Yeah, yeah. How would they have like service? I don't know. I was quite impressed. Oh. Maybe they have the best cell phone of all time. Maybe or, they do. Knows? That's yeah. amazing. It was very, very cool. But if this is your first time here and you're like, Holy who on Capoli. earth are these people? Uh, my name is Ken Steep. This is Kale McCann. We're pro professional dog trainers at McCann Dogs. And at McCann Dogs, we've been able to help more than 100,000 dog owners with the same kind of challenges that you have. So uh, we love to sit down here every second Thursday night, enjoy the train station, talk a little dog training, help you with your dog training challenges. And actually, it's Kale's uh, family business. Yeah. Yeah, we have an in-house business here in um, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and then we also have online classes. So if you are nowhere near us and you can't come to our, our in-house classes, you can also train with us uh, online. And we'll talk a little bit about that um, as the night uh, goes on. I can see a lot of um, students in the chat already, yeah. both are in-house. Somebody nice just said, actually, I have to go to class now. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, yeah, um, I've been around dogs for a long time now since I was a little kid. And uh, so we're going to share some uh, some things that um, that we know about dog training to hopefully get you guys on the right track. And um, we are excited to hear your questions tonight and we will be answering them um, as they come in. Did we just get a super chat? We did. We got a super chat from Daron. And I just wanted to mention really quickly, I don't know whether we'll go to camera too. If you've been uh, here in the train station, you'll know we'll head over to the train station. We actually, for, with your guys' super chats, um, we, we've been able to get a new... Uh, camera too. So it'll zoom in. It'll be much better quality. I just haven't set it all up yet. So uh, I'm excited to get that rolling, but um, we want to thank you guys for all of your super chats. And because of that super chat day, Ronald, I feel like it's St. Patrick's Day in our studio right now. It looks very green, doesn't yes, it? It, does. it doesn't do much for my skin tone. But um, <laughs> let's answer Daron's question really quickly before we roll into this um, and see if maybe we can apply some of what we're talking about today sure. to it. So uh, Daron says, hi, we have a three-month-old puppy and she goes in the crate on command and will stay as long as 
she's getting fed. As soon as the food stops, <laughs> she goes wild and barks forever. It's pretty common for a young puppy. It is pretty common. Let's talk maybe a couple of crate training tips and then we can talk a little bit. We'll dive right into uh, the uh, core of what we're talking about today because we'll be able to apply some of this to those behaviors. Yep. Um, I definitely think that uh, the fact that you're feeding your puppy in the crate is a really good start. So lots of good things that I'm, I'm reading there. You can give your puppy just treats for going in the crate, but you also can feel, feel, feed meals in the crate as well. That's a great way to highlight, um, you know, a positive time that your dog's usually excited about. Um, when you have a brand new puppy, there's a couple things that you can do with, um, with the barking in the crate. Um, number one, you could just kind of let them bark it out for a little bit because some puppies when they're young will bark and realize that nobody's letting them out and they just sort of go, oh, and they stop for a second. And, and that gives us a window to then say, good, quiet, good puppy. And you want to choose some type of word that you're going to use consistently, consistently with your pup that means that you want them to be quiet. Um, if your puppy is continuing to bark then and you're saying quiet and your dog's not responding, which makes sense as a puppy, they, they don't know what it means yet. So we have to teach them. There's a couple things that you can do, but the, the best thing to do is to try to interrupt the barking. And you could do that by um, going in and like bopping the top of the crate a couple times. You could wiggle the crate door. Nothing that's going to scare your puppy, but something that just sort of that interrupts them. And yeah. often when you boom, boom, boom at the top of the crate, about as hard as that is, so not hard at all, they usually go, oop, and they stop for a second. And again, that's our window to then have great timing to then say, good, quiet, good puppy. And then from there, you're only going to wait a few moments of quiet before letting your puppy out. It's really important that we're not letting our puppies out when they're screaming and hollering because unfortunately it teaches them to continue that type of behavior. So you're looking for um, a few moments of qu calm and quiet before letting your puppy out. And then over time, you can start to increase the amount of time that they spend in their crate. Um, without uh, without making noise. And uh, we have a ton, ton of crate training videos on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't uh, found any of those yet, maybe um, Dave, uh, Dan will drop a few links in the in the thing. But we have some specifically about barking, yep. about crate training, all kinds of stuff. So a couple of huge thank yous. Uh, I see Wormbly, I've a $5 super chat. Uh, I'm going to get to your question, but it actually is a part of what we're going to talk about tonight. Yes, it you, is. So I want to take a deeper dive than what we might give you up front early in the, in the show. So just hold on. We'll get to that. Thank you for your super chat. Huge thank you to Jess from Gone Aww. to the Snow Dog. Uh, Jess or ours. Jamie. <laughs> yeah, Jess or Jamie. Let's pop this Hi up. Hi, guys. Our friends from Gone to the Snow Dogs. Uh, they just wanted to say hello to my favorite dog trainers out there. Hey, friends, we miss you. And we oh, miss we you miss guys, you too. too. <laughs> usually we'd meet it up at... It has been um, a long time since we've seen you guys. Yeah, so, yeah, you, thank you. Usually we'd meet up at, uh, uh, you know, some of the conferences. We'll have to but, reach out soon and say hi. Yeah. And also one of our friends, YouTube friends, uh, RFS Dan saying hello. Oh, Thank you for the compliment, Dan. And uh, check out Dan's uh, Hi, Dan. channel for, uh, he does um, uh, Q&A, like a quiz show. Um, and definitely check out Gone at Snow Dogs if you're a snow dog owner, if uh, the Huskies... Uh, are pretty adorable. Mary H, thank you for the super chat or the super sticker. It is the cutest. <laughs> Let's, uh, she always uh, d drops a super sticker early. We do yeah. appreciate it. It makes us feel <laughs> good. Um, also helps us uh, make the stream better. So thank you. Um, so let's talk about th the three elements of your dog training. Hi, Norma. We're going to have to uh, uh, really break things down. For, and this is why I want to talk about the, the why for you guys, so that you can take these tips and apply them to whatever you're working on. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what that problem behavior is. The way we're going to talk about the stuff tonight is going to allow you to take these pieces of information and apply them to your situation. Mm -hmm. The first thing we need to talk about, and it's funny because when we, you know, every couple of weeks, Kale and I are chatting about uh, what we should talk about on the live stream. Um, also, actually, the very beginning of the night, one of the first comments uh, that before we even got on stream, someone said, oh, it's so cool. I, I seem to, it's like every time I have some kind of challenge, training challenge, you guys are talking about it. Oh, But we have a bit so of well. an advantage because we have so many great students yeah. that are, you know, we can communicate with and great instructors that say, you know what? This is coming up recently right, or exactly. this is a common question that a lot of dog owners are having right yeah, now. And yeah. Yeah. So we can pull directly from, Precisely. from you guys. Absolutely. So in one of these conversations, as, as we were talking about, uh, what, we, what we should talk about. If you guys don't know, I've, uh, I'm also, I work uh, full-time as a firefighter and, and for about 10 of those years, for about it's 22 years now I've been a firefighter, but for about 10 of those years I was also a paramedic. I sometimes see on our chats um, something like, oh, you know, it would be it'd be nice to see you try this walking unleash training with a completely unruly dog. <laughs> uh, and when I see that kind of thing, and just the other day we were doing some training, this is how I tile this back in, 
bit of free thinking right now. But um, we were doing uh, um, some triage work. So I, if you're familiar, maybe you're a healthcare professional, you know triage is, you know, you have a certain amount of resources, you have to deal with the, the big problems first, and then you slowly uh, but uh, you know, uh, sequentially deal with the, the lesser problems. One of the things that I've noticed, certainly in uh, dog training, definitely on our dog training YouTube channel, is that people have, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to fix the wrong problems first. Mm -hmm. So if you have a dog who you can't, they will give you no attention in some environment. They just, they're pulling on the leash, they're completely uh, crazy. Barking at other dogs. Barking at other you. dogs. You don't have a chance at teaching them to walk on a loose leash for a, when you go on your walk. You just don't have a chance. So you need to do some training triage. You need to deal with the most important things first. And this is how we're gonna talk about the foundations and the fairness of what you're trying to fix if you're trying to fix a nuisance behavior, uh, if you're trying to train your dog and you feel like you're struggling, you need to think about the foundations and the fairness first. Let's talk maybe a little bit about the yeah, foundations. Yeah, I actually just want to add something to what you're saying because you're, you're um, making me think a little bit here. Um, oh, good. <laughs> uh, we shot something uh, a few weeks ago for our, our grade one students and we actually had oh, asked yeah. to borrow a whole bunch of puppies from our online classes or in-house classes so we could use untrained dogs for this particular demonstration yep. and um, we had our instructors handle the dogs because they you know wanted to show a few different things but before we literally went live on the camera the puppies had only interacted with the instructors for about maybe five or six minutes. Um, and uh, we went through the thing and, and the puppies did great. And even then we got comments to say like, oh, those puppies are like so well-trained. And I right. literally had to say, yeah. they literally just met each other. And, yeah. and seconds what, ago. Yeah, what I sort of realized is that we have great instructors for sure, yeah. but it's not really necessarily about that. It's about how we're doing the training. Right. In that moment, we were teaching lesson number one of our grade one program. And the way that we have the training organized, it basically sets the dog up to be successful. So these puppies who had no experience, they had a leash, they were following some treats, they had a person that kind of knew what they were doing. There was about five or six of them all in a small space and they all went through the exercises. Right. Were they perfect? No, they were not. You know, the instructors were sweating buckets by the end, but they had a lot of success. So it's really about how you set the dog up to do the learning that makes the biggest difference. And that's kind of what we want to go over tonight because I think sometimes people are doing things and they're like, it's not working, it's not working. But then when we look at the situation, we will say then, well, of course it's not working because yeah. look at the situation. Right. So we need to teach you how to look at that situation and be like, huh, maybe I need to do things differently right. and then build into eventually you know, being able to walk my dog or taking my dog off leash at the park or whatever right. your your big goal is. For sure. So you need to really understand what's the foundation here. So uh, the four things, four problem behaviors that we're going to take a deeper dive into tonight are going to be pulling on leash, barking, uh, you know, whether it's in the yard or at other dogs, jumping up, maybe stuff like digging in the yard that mm -hmm. maybe that's something that you're struggling with. But to have a foundational understanding, what does your dog know? Think to think to yourself, what does my dog know about this behavior? Um, now, I, I, I need to I say one thing. Yeah. If we get another super chat, yep. there's been some complaints in the chat okay. that you haven't done your toots. Oh, I, you're right. So oh, I'm sorry, guys. We apologize. There's so much to talk we, about. We read it. We hear you. We will not. You know, it's, it's this one's coming right yeah. at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that was good. Do you want to try? No, I'm okay. okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I apologize, guys. There's just my, I'm just swimming in stuff I want to talk Ken's about. Ken's like super serious I about this pumped. topic yeah. today. Well, I think it's a really good one because I know it's something what that I noise? struggled with. It's a pump. Oh. Uh, it's <laughs> something that I struggled with when I was trying to, you know, I just assumed that I could fix some of these behaviors and I was approaching it the wrong way. I actually want to jump back to our super chat from uh, Wormbly. Um, and she mentions, I have a, an 11 week old Catahoula Walker mix. The second she goes, oh, that's goes a on, fun mix. I know. The second she goes on the leash, she pulls constantly. Mm. I've watched your videos, but it's not working. So a couple things immediately spring to mind. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's a very young dog. Your dog really uh, shouldn't be shouldn't be taking that dog for very long walks. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, as puppies are growing, they have uh, epiphyseal plates, and you just you want to be careful about how much uh, you know steady state exercise the dog might be getting. Number two, your puppy has no foundation yet. 
At 11 weeks old, there's no way you would have had enough time to actually do right. the training yeah. to take them for a walk. Absolutely. So what I want you to focus on right now is simple stuff in your house. Maybe like a sit on leash, maybe mm. like luring in position. Uh, but I wouldn't really worry about going for walks per se. We actually have a couple of videos that talk about exercise because your puppy is going to need exercise, yes. that Catahoula Walker mix. You can't just do nothing with our puppies. Right. We have to do something Absolutely. with them or otherwise we'd go crazy. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably why people think like, oh, gotta, walk gotta my take puppy. the dog for a walk. Yeah. yeah, but what you can focus on are some of the things that you can that can exercise your dog without walking. And actually, did we publish that video last week? Recently, we published a video where we show like something like a restraint recall. So good for puppies. Mm, the best. It really like, uh, uh, you know. Um, oh, we posted on Instagram. Did we? That's right. Yeah. yeah, it builds motivation for some whatever you use as the mm -hmm. cue. Is maybe it's their name. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's here, here, here. Whatever the thing is. But it's all. It also uh, tires that puppy out. Yeah. So take advantage of things like that. We uh, check out those videos. Oh, uh, lots of links. Luton's dropped. Uh, exercise you your can. puppy in the chat. Thanks, buddy. Um, okay. Yeah, actually, just um, on the same topic, I did um, a private today with um, with a, a lady that has two border collie puppies. And um, if that sounds crazy, it is, but she's doing a great job. She is on it. Yep. Um, but one of the conversations that we had today was about walking the puppies. And the puppies are like 11 weeks and 12 weeks old. And um, yeah, so we do a lot of stuff. Like We do weeks and weeks of leash training with our dogs before we actually take them for a walk. Right. And one thing that she was really surprised about that I told her is that we actually sort of have two different styles of, of walking. We have leash walking where we would take them on a more controlled walk and that's typically something that we train them to do for weeks before we actually do it. And then we have like more of like casual walking where we would have them like on a long line and the dog would sort of have you know, free range around the backyard. But if I have a 20 foot line, I still don't let my puppy pull and drag me on that line. I still um, expect leash respect, but then my dog has a little bit more freedom and we can play retrieve games. We can play recall games. We can just, I can have the puppy chase me around the backyard. I can tire them out, but we're not actually going for a walk around the block. We're out spending active, enjoyable time together. Um, and then on top of that, I'll also practice just teaching the dog to be at my left for some food. And honest to God, guys, when I start this, I do it like in the hallway. Right. All the doors shut, no other dogs, human beings around, and we just work on building value for coming and walking at my left-hand side. So by the time I literally go on my very first walk around the neighborhood, it goes really well because the dogs have had weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of training. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've talked about foundation. What mm -hmm. sort of information are you giving your dog first? What can you, is it fair to expect them to know what to do? A uh, huge thank you to Lily Lay uh, for the super chat. We'll keep an eye out in case there's a, a comment or question that goes along with that. And Joanne uh, Pedro Alv Alvarado, thank you for the super chat. We'll jump back to your question in just a moment. Um, so foundation, top thing, is is it reasonable or, uh, you know, has, have I taught my dog what the basics are of this? Next one, it, this is huge, timing. Mm. The timing. Yeah. If you don't see a problem happen, you can't fix it. You can't train it if you don't see it happen. <laughs> also, a lot of people say something like, uh, you know, it's so frustrating. My dog only listens when I have food. This comes down to your timing. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about why, how to, you know, use your timing uh, uh, to your advantage and how to use it effectively so that your voice has all of the merit. It's not about just the food. We use food because dogs understand it's a resource yep. that they want, but we are going to use it in a way that we can use our voice to affect change with our dogs. Mm -hmm. And third, I'm, I'm rushing through this now just because I want to get to uh, some of the topics, but his third is consistency. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges we see with our poor students who aren't consistent and the, the issues it, it, it creates for the dog. It's not even like poor students though, it's poor dogs. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the dogs get so confused when like sometimes the student says you need to do this and then, you know, then they don't really do anything about it. Like jumping is a really good example. Yep. There's lots of times where, you know, people will be really strict with their puppies about not jumping and then, you know, to the next person or they just get tired of dealing with the dog and they're just like, oh, whatever, just do what you want. And then the dog kind of just does whatever it wants and it rehearses that bad behavior. So that consistency can, inconsistency, excuse me, can erase everything just as fast as you can train it. So, and dogs are really, 
they're animals that really like consistency. They like information to be very black and white. You, you know, I've, I've said this lots of times before on our live streams. Um, they don't like when things are gray, when it's sometimes this and sometimes that. They want to just kind of know what they need and, and that they're happier with that. So, um, you know, this is something that we, we get this a lot. Well, my, I do this, but then my husband, you know, untrains everything or my right. kids, you it's know, really untrain important. everything. Yep. And we recognize that that happens. And in a perfect world, if everybody could have exactly the same timing and exactly the same commands and everything was like perfect, then obviously, you know, life would be great. And I'm sure your dog would get trained really, really fast. But that's just not what happens. Um, and what you need to know that hopefully will relieve some stress is dogs are extremely adaptable. So, you know, if you are the trainer in your house and you're really consistent, you have great timing, your puppy's going to learn to listen to you really well. It's not necessarily going to transfer to everybody else in the household. It will get better with them, but everybody kind of has to do their own thing. But the more... Um, consistent you can be with follow through and expectations, the easier it is for your dog to be able to um, gain the the success in all of the different exercises at a much faster rate. Right. Absolutely. So the foundation, timing and consistency. Mm -hmm. Now let's start applying that to can things Can I just like say one more thing about timing? Just because yes, I know that a lot course. of people, they you, uh, those of you who watch us on a regular basis, you might know this already. I got some tooting to do here in a minute. <laughs> so just you guys hold yeah. on for that. So dogs, um, dogs have a very specific learning time frame, and uh, if you guys know what it is in the chat, just go ahead and fire away. Yeah. Whenever I ask this question, like a million people answer perfectly, very very quickly, which is awesome. So if your dog does something right or if they do something wrong, we have a specific amount of time in order to tell them so that they actually understand it. Yeah, Meg, perfect. Linda, perfect. Yeah, you guys got it. It's one second, and. Um, Basically, it's immediate. So if your dog is barking, you know, at the window, at people going by, or if they're dragging you on the leash and you let them drag you down to the park for like five or six minutes and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, I'm sick of being dragged and then you do something about it, your dog is going to start to say, okay, well... I can pull for five or six minutes and then she's going to be irritated with me. I shouldn't do it anymore. So the earlier you can react to something um, that you don't like, the better. But it also happens on the flip side. If you can be quick about reinforcing when your dog is correct, I can actually do a big wide circle back to the very first super chat uh, question we had about barking in the crate. If you can be really quick about rewarding, and when I say rewarding, I don't mean necessarily food. I just mean like using your voice, praising. Um, if you can praise and positively reinforce your puppy with good timing, you'll also affect a lot of change because we don't just want to say you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. We need to say, you know what? I don't really like that, but I love this. And your timing has to be really, really important. I can't tell you how many times I've seen dogs like, They've called the dog over to them and dog's kind of going in their direction, but they're sniffing the ground and they're looking over here and the student is saying, good dog, yes, good dog. And it's like, mm, is it really a good dog though right now? Because right now it really thinks that sniffing this like piece of garbage on the floor right. is more exciting than paying attention to you. So you really, really want to be aware of your timing and make sure that you're not inadvertently um, reinforcing things that you don't really want and that you're not missing out on those amazing moments where we do want to be saying, dog, you're awesome. Yeah. Um, so we've had a few super chats. I know a couple of people didn't add their comment. We've got Dan, the moderator man is on it. He's watching for those. If there's something to be uh, added, um, looks like, uh, Lily lay, um, Katya Alvarez, uh, Cole Saul. I do see a comment there, but for all of you that have super chatted, we'll be keeping right. Okay. There's, uh, there's, uh, Karen's, you know what? I'll just drop a big toot for all of you guys, because thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for the super chats. Now, I'm going to have to grab these. Let's talk maybe about applying. Okay, there we go. Let's talk maybe about applying to uh, those three things, foundation, timing, and consistency to maybe the top one as yeah. I try to collect this stuff. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about <clears throat> pulling on leash first because I know that's a common thing. So we'll talk about uh, foundation and, and fairness as well. So, and we kind of touched base on this a little bit before, but I'll, I'll go a little deeper into it now. You know, if... Um, you've been walking your dog on a leash and it hasn't really been going well, I really want you to think about whether you have put a fair expectation on your dog or not. Have like if it, if you're taking your dog for a walk and they're pulling and they're barking and they're acting appropriately, I want you to kind of look inside yourself and think to yourself, you know, oh, hi. Oh my gosh, he's very excited. Quiet, 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 quiet. Have you Surprise. done Surprise. the... 
have you done the foundation work? Have you taken the time to train your dog to walk at your side? Have you learned about how to hold the leash properly or how to actually reward your dog in proper position? And how long have you done that for? How much right. time have you spent on it? Have you trained around distractions? Have you done proofing? Have you done all of those types of things? Because a lot of the things that bother us the most, like pulling on the leash or coming when they're called, those um, behaviors, they take weeks to train your dog to do to a level where you can test them and like really put it out to the world and expect your dog to respond perfectly. So training is very different than testing. And a lot of people yeah. have an expectation that uh, you train your dog up to a certain point And then after that point, it's all test time. We'll just see if it works. They should know how to walk on leash. It's a much more dynamic process yes. than that. We do need to jump into super chats, but let's just uh, talk about timing and consistency with pulling on leash. Yep. Maybe, maybe um, we can even talk about like barking at other dogs when pulling when uh, walking on leash as well. Yeah, those. yeah, that actually we could yeah, we but. could apply timing to that. So you know, if you're walking uh, down on the le uh, walking your dog on the leash and your dog starts to pull, um, or maybe they start to bark at another dog, the quicker you can react to that, the better. So if you allow them to pull on the leash for a few moments and bark, 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 and you just sort of keep walking and you don't do anything about it, your dog just thinks, okay, well this is fun and I'm getting a rise out of that person or that thing that I'm barking at. Nobody's telling me not to do it, so. You know, it's very self-rewarding. Right. The best thing to do in those moments is to interrupt the behavior. Maybe slide your left hand down the leash, you know, do a couple bumps on the leash and then change directions. Or even better, be more proactive. You know, if I'm walking her down the street, not so much anymore because she's, you know, a little bit older and trained. She's three now. But when she was younger and she was first learning things, um, she was a little bit worried by like, you know, people wearing hats or, sure. you know, little weird things Funny initially. Funny stuff, yeah, that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. So when I would walk her, I would sort of be on the lookout. And if I saw something that I thought might be a little bit strange for her hi babe then I would be proactive I would start to get the food out or she really likes to play with toys so I would bring a little one of her little favorite tug toys with me and as she would start to get a bit distracted by those things I would redirect her focus on me and we would play and we would reward her for looking at me and tugging so she started to figure out really quickly anytime a distraction came by turn to look at mom because as soon as that happens right. something really fun happens so I transferred the reward to be about me and doing things with me rather than learning that she could self-reward by continuing to look at that particular that particular object. So that's why that timing is so important. And then of course consistency is hopefully self-explanatory. It's, it's key guys. And, and Kale hit the nail on the head. This is something we see so very often. And when we're talking to our students, uh, you know, we'll say, uh, you know, uh, for example, if you're teaching your dog to walk mm -hmm. on leash without pulling and you want to do that, uh, you know, the block or whatever that distance is, walk to the park, maybe you only insist on that, you know, heel position, that really great in at your side, uh, loose leash position between driveways or between light standards mm -hmm. or so some distance that you think you can be successful. And then after that, the dogs allowed you okay, or you release them from that position and they can be around you. They don't need to be that, uh, you know, I I precisely in that heel position, but they still can't pull on leash because mm -hmm. you need to be consistent. Uh, uh, it's it's just so important. But if you're letting your dog pull half the time and the rest of the time you're like, well, I expect you to walk in at my side, it's not fair to your dog. And we really do need to be fair I want to uh, say about our one more thing about walking before we before we move on and, and it has to do with consistency. Remember that, and you're going to have to fix my saying for this, Yeah, it's not about like practice makes perfect. It's like perfect practice practice makes perfect, well you, right? You yeah. yeah, I'm terrible so at sayings, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you're practicing, you're walking your dog down the street and it's not going well and you're like, okay, I'll go out and I'm gonna try it again tomorrow. It doesn't go well, I'm gonna try it again tomorrow. Like we wanna commend you for your tireless effort, but remember yeah. dogs are learning all of the time. So if you keep walking out on the street and your dog's still doing a lot of pulling and still making a lot of poor choices and that's just continuing to repeat without you being able to break the cycle, there's never any harm at being able to like kind of backtrack a little bit and go back and revisit some of those foundational training exercises so that you can kind of start again and then hopefully you'll have less problems. So we'll talk a little bit about there's tons of questions about our online classes and yep. kind of what they're about. So okay. we'll talk uh, a little bit about that and we're going to get rid of the squeaking because I bet we're driving your dogs crazy. Come here. Now, up, up. You guys have been so nice tonight. It's been so nice, uh, all the, the birthday uh, wishes, as well as like the uh, super chats, just to say that you guys enjoy our content. Thank you very much for that. And uh, for you guys, Sorry, babe. 
Uh, I'll toot twice. Now, uh, there are a few great questions Double here. Tooting. And uh, this is the question from Joanne. This is something that we hear a lot. And it's something that we uh, need to focus on when we get adult dogs in our grade one program or in our life skills program, if it's online. Uh, Joanne asks, uh, sorry to this, this new super chat thing. I adopted a beautiful Amstaff boy who's right front right front right leg was amputated so two weeks cute. before we got him. Uh, he's about four, super smart. Where to start with my training? So this is a really common question. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard for me to, uh, you know, articulate the importance of when we talk about foundation, about how many puppy skills or puppy training activities you can apply yeah. to an adult dog. What I'd suggest for you, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, again, the steps, that you, the progressions you need to be successful, but you might uh, want to start with our puppy training schedule by age, mm -hmm. and you may, and your dog may have mastered some of these already. Um, you know, three-legged or four-legged, you know, we, we teach, uh, we do have uh, all kinds of dogs, actually, that come into Believe class. Believe it or not, we've had actually a lot of dogs yeah. in our classes that, that have, um, have yeah. had amputations or different things that, you know, it doesn't change a nope. thing in terms of their training. You, you nope. get that same high level of motivation walking in at your side. We adopt a few things, you know, depending on what, what leg it is or whatever to yep. help make it easier, but it doesn't change their brain. So there's still lots of things that you can do to help them problem solve yep. and, and things like that. So I would definitely say, um, that video that Pu Ken just puppy training schedule by age will be helpful for you. Yeah. And then also too, I would really just work on teaching your puppy how to learn. And I know that sounds like a really fluffy thing to say but it's super yeah. important teach him you know what the word yes means teach him that focusing on you is good really work on a high value um, response to his name those types of things because if you get him in the right mind frame where he wants to pay attention and learn and he's willing to kind of work with you on things then anything that you then start to teach him whether it's walking or recall or, or tricks or whatever it might be you're going to have a more willing participant so when you first yeah. get a dog it's all about building value for you and um, just teaching him that you know Know, paying attention and making good choices is really you know something that's worth his effort and then you'll be away to the races and the other stuff it's funny because this work and in, in, in effort up front is a lot more than a lot of dog owners would be yeah. uh you know willing to do but i can tell you definitively it's going to change the rest of that dog's life yeah. the rest of your life with that dog because having a dog who is you know, consistently making better choices because you've put in so much work up front makes that dog's life a lot fuller because you can, they can go more places. You can do more with them. You can spend more time with them without thinking like, oh boy, I can't bring him to the park or I can't, you know, walk down the street because he goes crazy uh, when we see a cat or something. You know, putting in all this effort up front, you'll, it'll, you'll get better choices from your dog yep. and it's so worth it. This is, again, this is sort of the fundamental thing that I learned after making a lot of bad choices with my young dog until she was two. And then are a lot of work for the first like right. two years yeah and then but, but then they become your dream sailing. dog yeah. yeah they become that dog that you're like this is exactly what i wanted mm -hmm. but for those first you know several months you're like what if i why did i do this there's I, not enough time in the day i know mm -hmm. um for cole saul mulligan uh hi ken and kale any advice for an aspiring dog trainer thanks for all the great videos oh nice for sure. So, um, and I don't know how old you might be, Cole, or, or what opportunities, where you might live, your opportunities to interact with other dog trainers. Find a reputable dog trainer in your area and then ask them if maybe you can shadow for a little bit. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest challenges I see, uh, you know, dog trainers have is their lack of uh, experience. experience, their opportunities to see lots of dogs. And this is the thing that I, I mean, no two dogs are alike. You know, you can apply nope. all the same foundational stuff to, uh, you know, each dog as you go along, but everyone's going to be a little bit different. Maybe you're rewarding more in mm -hmm. this position uh, with this one dog, where the dog, same litter uh, right next to it needs to be rewarded less. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe you got to work on some different elements of their learning or their listening. Mm -hmm. But experience is the most important thing you can do with dog training because it gives you uh, better problem solving. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'd focus your attention right yeah, now. I think it's important too to make sure that you're um, really uh, figuring out what what your um, values and your um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, methods of training, philosophies, those types of things. Yeah. Um, because there's lots of different ways to train a dog out there and there's lots of different ways like that we agree with and there's lots of ways right. that we do not agree with wholeheartedly. So, yep. um, you know, that's important to note as well. We have an apprenticeship program that we have at our particular school um, that's quite intense. And um, before we would even consider someone, they have to train through all of the levels at our school so that we can, um, you know, see their dog training, get to know them as a person, um, 
you know, a lot of people who are great with dogs aren't necessarily great with people. And, you know, if you become a dog trainer, you need to be good with people. You yep. know, you're going to do a lot of interactions with people. Um, and in our apprenticeship program, it's, you know, anywhere from a year to two years, sometimes longer, um, because we're trying to get them the experience and let them see a lot of different dogs and students and, and scenarios so that, you know, when they're ready to, you know, soar on their own, um, they've they've seen a lot of examples. And even us as trainers, you know, we'll get a situation where we uh, ask another trainer, we're like, I saw this and, you know, what did you think about yeah. that? Like having those conversations is super mm -hmm. helpful. So having someone to bounce ideas off of, yeah. as well as learning from each dog. I mean, every single dog that I've owned, every single dog that I've trained, I've thought at some point like, oh, that's interesting. I'll have to remember that, that, the way we've problem solved this. Mm -hmm. So experience is key. Um, Katya Alvarez dropped a super chat, said, I think you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks. It's just the nicest thing. Yeah, We think we you're do, awesome. Yeah, we do appreciate it. And Karen Aruda mentioned, um, uh, you, you guys are you guys are awesome. Thank you for the videos. Uh, I'd like to send you guys a paper sculpture of your dogs as a oh. thank you gift. Oh, that's really neat. Can you send me a picture? Um, Karen, reach out to your dog at mccandogs.com. Um, and uh, that's our, our, our I'll type it in the business the, emails. I'll type it in the chat. Uh, and, okay. Or go to mccandogs. Actually, just go to mccandogs.com, and then you can uh, click on contact or inquiries. Do you, want, um, do you want me to not do that then? Uh, no, don't worry okay. about it. We can just we'll run through this. Um, so Pamela mentioned, let's get over to Pamela's comment. Pamela said, massive appreciation for your whole team. Our vet is constantly impressed at our BC, Yuri the Fury. <laughs> what a great name. Yuri the Fury and his manners, tricks and staying still uh, to be handled. To Trees, number one. I think Pamela was on the chat uh, yes, last she time. Because I she remember was. that name. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Let's see if I can find her up here because I think there might have been more to that, Pamela. Um, uh, uh, tricks and staying still to be handled. Tune Treats, number one thanks uh, to everyone. You, you, you're all amazing. Thank you very much, Pamela. That's Aww. really nice. Those uh, Tuna Treats do make a massive I know, difference. <laughs> I know they do. Um, I'm just going to get down. There was another super chat here. I don't want to miss. Hippie, Hippie shake. Hear be you, buddy. quiet, babe. Peter S., new Husky puppy owner and new subscriber. Thank you for all your wonderful advice. Nice. You guys rock. Thank you very much, Peter. Okay, That's really nice. Congrats on the new puppy. Yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, I think we should get a puppy. What do you guys think? Drop nope. yes in the chat. We're not getting a puppy. I tried. This is my puppy. You're my forever puppy. Let's talk a little bit about jumping up, how we can apply these three f elements, these foundational, uh, uh, you know, levels of understanding, these, what is it, foundational tips maybe, um, to jumping up when we talk about the foundation and fairness, the timing and consistency. Let's talk about the foundation for jumping up. Yep. Um, jumping up's a difficult one because jumping up is one of those behaviors that is, um, very, very self-rewarding. So if you're not preventing the dog from jumping up and they're doing a lot of jumping up on, and this isn't even just specifically about um, uh, jumping on people. Yeah, let these guys outside. We have an older dog that has an upset belly right now. So if she barks, we need to get her outside very quickly. Um, if you have a dog that's doing a lot of jumping up, whether it's on people or whether it's on counter surfing, and they're getting to rehearse that and they're successfully getting pets and love when they jump up or they're able to steal things off the counter, it can be really hard to break. So one of the things that we try to spend a lot of time on foundationally is building a lot of value for staying off of something. Um, one thing that we really love to do is teach the dogs to sit in order to be petted. So, you know, if you have a dog that um, wants to say hello to someone, we take the time to train them to sit, reward them for sitting with high value treats, and we wouldn't let somebody pet them unless they were sitting calmly. And we would practice that first with people at a distance, and right. then we would slowly have them come closer. We try not just to have the puppy sit and then have someone try and kind of pet them because for some dogs, they'll wiggle right out of their body. They'll be so excited. So we want to start off very slow so it's easy for the dog to be successful. And then we would build in from there. So and we take a lot of time to build that, that foundation before we make it a little bit harder. Um, timing is another hard one because I said it's very self-rewarding. And I've had lots of people say to me, you know, I can't can't stop the dog from counter surfing. You know, I've done set off. I've used the little, you know, leash to get the dog off, just like you've said, and it's not working. And when I investigate a little bit longer, usually nine times out of ten, they're pulling the dog off the counter once the dog's already up. Right, right. On, pause are up on the counter. Or the dog's already jumped on the person and then they're saying off. Well, it, it, you're it, not going to fix your problem. 
problem because the t your timing's off. And one of the things that I think is the most constant is, oh yeah, great. This this only works when I'm in the room. Ah. Uh, people say like, if I'm not in, if I'm not in yep. the room, then the dog's going to jump up. Then your dog can't have that opportunity. They can't have that freedom to be in that room where they can make that mistake. You need yep. to be a good trainer for them. There's no way to fix a problem if you aren't there to uh, you know market to, to train through it. So having some expectation of your dog if they're consistently jumping up on the counters, you need to you need to work on that and you need to be there when they might make the wrong choice. Um, um, I need to answer something real quick. Um, Sue Ann, uh, Dan won't be able to give you that link, unfortunately, because he, he is not inside the school. Um, but if you want to get that those extra resources for your Puppy Essentials program, um, you're going to go into your dashboard and click on Puppy Essentials Extras. There's also a direct link to it in the announcements of your Facebook group. Yeah. So um, actually, maybe we mentioned really quickly. What, so we, we yeah. have uh, in-class um, dog training classes. We also have online. Uh, so if you are a puppy owner and, you know, people have said like, well, you know, uh, why would we have so much great stuff on YouTube? How's your, how's your online training any different than YouTube? And I think our current students can talk about the, the level of support, the amount they get to talk to dog trainers, the mm -hmm. weekly calls, all of the things that go on super, in our Puppy Essentials super program. Super, involved. For sure. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities to get fixes for your dog, for your specific situation. Mm -hmm. And we know as dog trainers and certainly as dog owners that um, the truth is in the nuances. It's in the yeah. little things. So you can take these big skills and, you know, subtly make the, the right changes for your dog. Same thing, there's our Puppy Essentials program uh, link if you're a puppy owner. We yeah, so if your puppy is uh, six months and under, then you would be looking at our Puppy Essentials program, and we work on all kinds of things, all the foundational things to make sure that you're preventing issues from happening um, in the long run. Um, we're also going to help with nipping and crate training, house training, those types of things as well. Um, and then if you have a dog that's over six months, then you'll be interested in our program called Life Skills. And in yeah. that program, um, since the dogs are getting a little bit older, we're um, not older, but older than a baby puppy um, we're gonna start to work on things like teaching them you know uh, mindfulness and not to pull on a leash to come when they're called every time and remain under control um, and a whole bunch of other things as well um, and you'll get uh, weekly videos and um, lesson plans. Um, and then you'll also get uh, weekly access every day to our, our professional dog trainers where you can ask questions, send videos. We'll give you regular feedback. And then once a week, we do a um, private Zoom call where we um, have discussions kind of like this, but it's a little bit more concentrated because it's smaller groups and um we know your dogs <laughs> so we can answer more specific questions because yeah. we get to know you and your dogs really well tom uh just joined life skills yesterday oh welcome we'll tom you. we'll see you tomorrow awesome um wendy says nice really nice thing but in-person classes chelsea you guys are you guys are awesome um oh thanks chelsea yeah super nice um now let's talk about uh things like digging in the yard or you know barking in the yard this yeah. is actually one of the things that cued for me uh the fact that we need to talk about how you can apply these three elements of training to those behaviors. Someone says, you know, it's driving me crazy every time my dog's out in the yard, uh, you know, and someone walks by or, and uh, a, a neighborhood dog barks, then my dog starts to bark. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the foundation, the timing and the consistency for fixing that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Well, the foundation in fairness is, is basically, you want to think about like what kind of scenario is your dog, um, is it appropriate for them to be in? So if I have a dog right. that has the capability of, of barking at other dogs as, you know, neighbors walk by or whatever it might might be, I need to consider, like, is it really smart for me to put my dog in a scenario where that can happen and let them rehearse that behavior? Oh, Come over. oh okay. Come on, buddy. Oh, she sure does. Oh, my goodness. You know, if I have a dog that's doing a lot of barking, then I'm going to try not to be putting them in a scenario where they're going to rehearse that, that poor stuff until I'm able to kind of work through it. Right. Um, or I'm going to, you know, for the foundation training, I'm going to make sure that I'm training my dog what they should be doing differently. So um, there's been lots of times where, um, you know, I've taken her down to the end of the driveway and we'll stand down at the end of the driveway for like a half an hour. And when people walk by, I work look at me's or I'll call her name and I'll reward her or we'll like tug at the end of my driveway as like our neighbor walks the, the dog by. So I'm teaching her that, yes, we're out on the street. There's things happening here. There's things happening there. There's people walking by. 
don't bark, just pay attention. But I'm building a, a foundation. I'm training her and showing her what I would like for her to do differently. And sometimes when cars go by, I'll ask her to lie down and I'll just reward her for laying calmly. So heaven forbid she gets out to the end of the driveway, I want her to have rehearsal of, you know, lying calmly instead of chasing after a car. So you got to put the time in to build a foundation rather than just, you know, putting the dog in scenario and being like, hmm, well, I, I hope it goes well. You know, that's not really what we want to do. So that's sort of the foundation behind it. Um, uh, Wendy, uh, Wendy Rhodes mentions, my dog runs around uh, the yard and barks at nothing whenever I'm out there with her. Neighbors, neighbors are getting mad. What do I do? So this is really important in, when we talk about consistency. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So first of all, um, you can't train a dog if they're not on leash. You know, if the dog is off leash. And that, they're not listening. And they're not listening. Yeah. That's right. The dog has an opportunity to decide whether they're going to listen to you or not. So if you're having trouble with dogs listening, they need to be on a leash. Or usually if we're working like in the backyard and we have a bigger space, um, we would put our dogs on a long line, 20 or 30 feet of, of line or leash so that they can have a little bit of freedom. They can run around and be a dog and have fun. Um, but if they do something out in the yard that we don't like, the very first thing that we're going to do, and this comes back to timing, guys, is we would first let them know that we don't like it using our voice. Now, we're not really into like screaming and shouting at dogs. We're not really into that. But we would use a command or a little sound like, ah, ah or hey, or leave it. Yeah. Um, something like that that sort of says, I don't really like what you're doing. And then some dogs may respond to that. Most dogs don't when they're first being trained. So from there, I might say, hey, leave it. Someone had just said something about digging in the backyard. Okay, this yeah. could be for digging. Yeah. It could be for barking. Yep. I would say, hey, leave that. And I would be quite short with my voice. And if the puppy stops and sort of looks at me, yay, good, leave it. I'm going to go right back to being positive and happy, call the dog over, and then interact with them from there. If I don't get a response, I'm going to repeat my command and then I'm going to follow through with that pull and pop on the leash. And, and this comes back to the timing because so many people just walk over and they pull on the leash. And yeah, it stops the behavior, but you're never going to teach your dog to respond to your voice if you don't have good timing. In dog training, it always, always, always has to be command or cue, then the stimulus. Yep. And then the reward. And what a lot of people do is they go right to the stimulus and they go right to the pulling on the leash or they go right to showing the treats and they forget about the whole cue part. My goal is that I can eliminate the second step so I can say my cue, my command, I don't need any type of stimulus to make the job happen and then I can simply reward. But in order, and this is getting a little dog training on, dog training on you, That's why I you guys know. are here, right? Am I right, Kale's, Kale's dropping the <laughs> knowledge? So if I'm trying to teach my response, I'm gonna say leave it, then I'm gonna follow through one second later with a little pop on the leash or maybe some uh, food lure away. And then once I have the connection and the attention, I'm then gonna follow with my praise and my reward. So um, it's really, uh, Chelsea just asked a yeah, question. Yeah, actually I saw it. How long after the it. initial command do you wait to get a response? Okay, that's perfect. Great question. This is about expectation. And for me, if it's something like barking or digging, I am looking for an immediate response. If I say, hey, leave it, it's not dig for 10 more seconds and then be like, okay, do you mean it? Or if no, not, you know, couple, couple more barks. We're looking for an immediate reaction. And for me, when my dogs don't react quickly, I start to get like itchy. I'm like, ugh, they need to listen faster. Um, so, you know, it needs to be pretty immediate. But this is why the timing of that stimulus is really important. If, you know, if Ken was my dog and he was digging, <laughs> and I was like, leave it. And then, you know, 10 or 15 seconds later, I yanked on his leash. Like that wouldn't be really fair right. because of that one second time frame. It would need to be leave it, interrupt. Yay, good boy. And then I could redirect him from there. And I would repeat that, leave it, interrupt, back away. Leave it, interrupt, back away. And what's going to start to happen if I have really good timing is I'm going to say, leave it. And before I can even step on the line or pick the line up to interrupt, he starts to go, I know what's about to happen. And he's going to start to respond to my voice without me having to do anything to make him to listen. And that's where you get to the point where you have verbal control. And that's, right. that's the end game, guys. It's the, uh, I want to be able to I can't remember the last time I put my dog on a leash to go out for a pee on the lawn or anything like that. I just go out because I know... The dog's the one going pee on the lawn. I mean, normally. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if the dog starts to get a little too far away, all I have to do is say, hey guys, come on over here and everybody listens. Um, but I, I had to have great timing and consistency to teach them that when they were younger. For sure. Um, I feel like I... I 
really went into that. No, I thought, I think that was really, really good. And mm -hmm. you know, you as a, a trainer for your dog, think about, I mean, it's no different than getting a response to sit, getting a response to name. Hello, like these expectations, that window starts to shorten the more uh, you reinforce whatever behavior you, you want and interrupt whatever behaviors you don't want, the more immediate the responses are. Now, uh, something that actually I, I kind of like the idea of when it comes to digging in the yard is, you know, being very uh, consistent and uh, having great timing with teaching your dog to stop digging where you don't want them to dig, but I also kind of like the idea of giving them a space where they can like dig wherever they want to, you know, or, or it's like giving them a chew bone essentially. Just watch, she doesn't press the thing. Um, giving them a chew bone when don't they're, delete anything. You, they're chewing on something you don't like. You interrupt the behavior, get them away from that thing. Uh, and, and then once you get a little bit of attention, make them work. Maybe they do a sit or a lie down or they do something. Now they've earned that opportunity to have something great, which might be their own chew bone or, or you know, whatever. Same thing can be, be applied to digging in the yard. There's been a couple of really great questions. Do you, know, do you know what this dog keeps doing? What's that? She keeps coming to my side and then I go to pet her and when I put my hand on the back of her head, she's yeah. done this since a baby puppy, she braces the back of her head and then she lifts herself up. That's so like, unusual. I just wanted to say that though, because I don't want anyone to think that I'm like literally dragging her up, but I, <laughs> I literally go to pet her and then she She's braces like herself in. and then yeah. she climbs up so that she can get up on my lap. You're ridiculous. Sandra Lanny, thank you for the super chat. <laughs> I didn't see What's a that noise? oh my goodness. I didn't see a comment or question, so I'll keep an eye out for that if you do have one. Um, we've talked about pulling in the leash, we've talked to, talked about barking at another dog, talked about jumping up. Let's talk about response to name. I've seen so many people whose response to name completely falls apart especially when it comes to a busy environment or oh yeah, my dog listens great. You want to know why? I think we should tell everyone why. Ken. 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 I'm just turning, Ken. I'm tuning it out. Ken. I'm not listening Who's annoyed? Anymore. Who's annoyed now? <laughs> I'm know. annoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> However, think I think of, she like, Ken, Ken, Ken. Ooh, she's oh, she's getting very excited. Oh, what, do you think, what do you think that how means? Often, <laughs> how often are you using your dog's name? Um, you know, it's one of the reasons that we teach a, uh, a recall, a very specific come command that is oh, a 100%, uh, you. you know, it's it's that reliable response to a she command. Ken means come and grab a toy. Reliable response to a command that means you come right back to me because we know you're gonna use your dog's name all, all of the time when they're in and around your house. So it's not fair to have an expectation that every time we call that name, that we get that same response. However, if you're going to be using something like that, you can train that response to name to be brilliant in uh, distracting situations, mm -hmm. but you need to be consistent. You need to teach the foundation in a quiet environment, uh, you know, uh, where your dog can be successful, slowly introduce some, uh, you know, distractions, maybe it's other dogs, whatever. You need to have great timing. You need to be able to reinforce if your dog makes the wrong choice, use that leash, redirect them, get their attention back on you. Mm -hmm. And you have to be consistent. That's why the, that's why the response to name falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, people overuse it um, quite a bit. You know, they say the name, do this, say the name, do this, right. and you know, all the time. Even when people are like, good, be good, you know, they just say it so much. And, you know, I think I might have said this a couple weeks ago, but it's like that, that boy who cries wolf. If you say it all the time right. and you don't actually, you know, expect the dog that, to, to pay attention to you when you say it, you eventually you're going to water it down. So um, when we first get a, um, a new dog or a puppy or even older dogs that, you know, maybe we're trying to build a little bit more value for the response name, we do lots of just like fun association, like saying their name and then giving them a treat or saying their name and then playing a little game of tug. So the dog starts to associate hearing this word with something that's really repetitive. And I always use this example um, with Ken because it's really easy. If I was to say, if I was trying to train my husband to listen to me more, although you, you're you really actually very going. And most oh. people are like, my husband never listens. You actually aren't like that. But, oh, that's good. Um, if I was to say like, Ken, and then like pull out a chocolate bar, he's like a huge sweet tooth. Ken cookies, Ken this, Ken that. Literally, I could say Ken and he'd be like, whoop, I'm listening. And he would be like right <laughs> it's there. true. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Has she been training me using classical conditioning this whole time? Have I? <laughs> I did actually used to bake for you when I had to go away on long trips, remember? That's true. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't go true. away on long yeah. trips anymore, but I would feel guilty. So I would just shower him with cookies and deliciousness Works and then like you wouldn't charm. really care. Yeah, like <laughs> but anyways, charm. the point of this is that you want to make sure you build a lot of value, put money in the bank for that word and that you're not just using 
using it without actually following through. If you do want to teach a really stellar response to name, and oh my gosh, guys, if your dog has a great response to name, you will not believe yeah. how much easier oh, life boy. with the dog gets. Absolutely. So it's one of those things that I think sort of it like flies under the radar in, in terms of importance. But for us as dog trainers, it's something that like I think I work on the response name the most when they're a puppy. It's probably the thing I work on the most yeah. out of everything because it blends into so many other exercises that's helpful. It helps me to train walking. It helps me to train my recall. It helps me to stop the dog from if chewing things in my house. Totally. If you have a multiple dog household so many to things. isolate that one dog and be able to get them to lie down or sit or go to their bed, yeah. it's so, so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, and this also sort of speaks to when your response to name slows down a little bit, sometimes that response to name might be, hey, Beeline, I'm about to tell you to do something. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean come to me. I'll, initially, it's great to teach it as a response to you because it builds attention and yeah. focus and value. But eventually, it might be, be go lie in your bed. Yeah. You know, be, hi, buddy. She's right here. Beep, but beep. be, you know, go lie down. Um, beep, 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 beep. That's why she doesn't get tangled up on any yeah. cables or anything. Oh, Karen Aruda with the super chat saying, uh, any specific tips for training a boxer puppy? We get lots of boxer puppies yeah. uh, in classes. What do you think are some of the things that Karen should focus on with a boxer puppy? Well, training a boxer isn't really that different than training on any other dog, to be honest with you. Um, but they can be a little bit independent and they can be a little... Um, Strong-willed, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're powerful dogs, and sometimes when they learn about their weight, they can kind of lean into the leash, and they sort of, you know, but lots of other breeds can do that. I don't want to be specific about boxers. Boy, can boxers jump? Oh, my goodness. Yes, they can. It reminds me of uh, funky Super, monkey. super athletic dogs. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, like, specific um, tips, I think, you know, I don't want to just, like, box you in about having a particular right. dog totally. like a boxer. This is good for any breeds. Was that on purpose? What? Box you in having no, a box. No, it wasn't. See, I do these things. I do these things and I don't know that I, I say them. Um, so I would just focus a lot on um, teaching the dog to want to work for you. Um, I really, really think that there's tons of value in doing a lot of trick training when dogs are, are puppies. Um, I find it's a great way to just have a lot of positive interaction with our puppies that teach them how to learn. Um, I do a ton of trick training with my dogs when they're little because it teaches them how to work for food, yeah. um, how to be wrong sometimes, how to try Trouble, other things. Troubleshooting. Troubleshooting yeah. skills. Yeah. Um, I find that the dogs get really excited. And then so, you know, if I take her to the vet for the first time or she meets somebody new and maybe she's a little distracted or unsure, I can, you know, do a couple of her favorite tricks and then you get that engagement really quickly. So I would definitely suggest doing some trick training with your boxer puppy. And um, I know lots of that response to name stuff that we were just talking about um, and uh, lots of rewarding for following you on a loose leash as well. Um, those are three things that, that I would spend a little bit of time on. But again, you know, there are definitely breeds that are more prone to, you know, being, a, you know, different than other breeds. Yep. But for the most part, it's the same for everything. Yeah. There's small small changes that you have to make, but you know it. It kind of bothers me sometimes. We're like, oh, I my dog's not going to do that because it's a boxer, right. or my dog's not yeah. going to do that because oh, it's a hound. One hundred percent. Well, guess what? Hounds yeah. can learn how to be smart. It's about how you train them. You can't use your dog's breed as an excuse an for excuse. things. No. You have to just know, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of the individual dog, and then you need to work around it because every single dog can be trained. Because guess what, guys? It's not about the dog. It's about yeah, the, the, the two-legged two right. thing on the end of the leash Absolutely. is what it's about. Yeah. Um, a huge thank you. We've got a couple of great Super Chats in here. And a huge thank you to Renee Greenfield. We appreciate your training tips. They've been extremely helpful with nice. our seven-month-old Booth. Oh, nice. Uh, we plan to sign up for life skills soon. Happy birthday to Ken. That's very nice of you. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Renee. And I'll drop a toot for you. We look forward to meeting you in Life Skills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also wanted to mention Sandra, who, uh, $5 Super Chat earlier, uh, she said, uh, I do have a question I asked earlier about two uh, walking two dogs at oh. once. Sorry, I'm new to Super Chat. They walk well alone, but are uncontrollable together. Is this a dominance issue, mm -hmm. a possessive issue? Um, not specifically. Let's talk about how she can sort of integrate her dogs in walks together. Yep, if they walk well um, alone, that that's great. Um, Uncontrollable together. It's sort of hard to answer this question actually without knowing a little bit more about the situation. Yeah. If it's a dominant issue or possessive issue, does that mean like are they 
fighting each other or are they just both pulling and like sort of egging each other on like are they, th are they on the same leash with like one of those link are they in a coupler leash right. yeah like are you walking them separately are they both on the same side of you or are they walking on either side of you one dog on this side one dog on this side i know when um we're starting to walk our our less trained dogs with our more trained dogs um ken and i will try to walk them separately so i'll like take the puppy and ken will take the older dog and that way we can separate them a little bit further apart if the puppy's having trouble with distractions and if the puppy's doing a good job we can walk them a little closer together and then of course we work up to being able to walk them side by side if it's that the dogs aren't getting along then I would actually be working through um, some things not in a walking scenario sometimes it can be very difficult when you have two dogs close together and you're both walking the same direction I might start off by can they both sit near each other right. can they um you foundation know, you know this is yeah, that foundation make timing. it easier rather than putting them in a scenario where you're going to have um any crazy any crazy interactions yeah um julie terrell oh drop super chat let's see here julie says i've been working on biting with my 13 week old lab we've been working on taking treats gently and she does great but uh, taking it but after that she bites so some of the biting uh, questions are much more challenging to answer because there's so many like little tiny subtleties that can make a big difference. But certainly working on taking treats gently is really important. We have a, a playlist of all biting videos S using something, making sure you affect change before you, uh, you know, give your dog that opportunity to take another treat. So if your dog uh, takes the treat gently and uh, or starts to bite and then you immediately go in and try to work through that situation again, uh, isn't the isn't the answer. You need to take things slowly. Um, working on passive restraint might be helpful for your dog. It's hard to answer because we don't know the specific. This is something we work a lot on in Puppy Essentials. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kale uh, will actually do private lessons with uh, some of our students if it's required. But making sure that you're affecting change, seeing a change in the puppy uh, before you make it harder, progress on. Um, don't put yourself in a situation. So some of our nipping and biting videos talk uh, at great lengths about not putting yourself in a situation that's going to encourage some of that biting. So mm -hmm. getting your puppy down on the floor, being up higher than your puppy, having control of their collar, um, you know, doing something like a passive restraint, I think all that super effective. To, to circle back to like the, the question specifically about taking food gently, um, remember that if you're, um, how you're responding to the dog's behavior is going to reflect whether the dog does it again or not. So if you're just, you know, what I find a lot of people do is they offer the treat and they're gentle, gentle, ah. gentle, and they come in so slow and like it drives the dog bonkers and they're like, give me that thing. And they're, you know, they're a bit rammy. So, you know, offer the food very, um, very confidently. Uh, you know, you can hold the food um, in your hand and just cover it with your thumb and offer it that way. If your puppy's a bit rammy, ouch, take your hand away very quickly and then offer it back. But if you're trying something in two seconds later the dog's nipping and biting at you that your dog is your best teacher they're basically saying that discipline didn't really do anything for me i don't right. care i'm gonna i feel very comfortable to to do it again so um you know just it, remember that if you're doing something and it's not affecting change something's wrong your timing's off your technique is off your consistency's off you know you have to kind of try some different things um taking food gently and nipping and biting are two they Separate are two things. totally different totally things, different yeah. things. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Uh, I see an interesting request coming from the chat. Oh. Um, forget the whistle. Can we get an audible chugga chugga choo choo from Ken? And then I've seen a lot of people who have uh, encouraged that. I see one, two, three, five, six, uh, maybe seven oh. now. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna have to drop it. It's gonna go a little something like this. I think then it I says definitely... forget the whistle. You oh. need to do audible. I don't even know. He didn't even choo, read. Choo. He... I, well, I think he. I think the whistle <laughs> wasn't enough. I think the whistle wasn't enough. Did you really go that high just now? Oh yeah, I can probably go higher. Let's see. Choo. No wait. Choo 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 choo. <laughs> that might be choo. <laughs> Okay. Not quite as high. Guys, we're getting he awfully needs close. To stop. That's so bad. It's the birthday celebration. Dan says here this on is the train exactly station. what I wanted. I, th I thought so. I thought <laughs> choo, so. Choo 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 Do you notice how much you ever tried to like sing high and your eyebrows go up? Like, what do your eyebrows have to do with your vocal cords? Choo, yeah, I guess choo. you do. You're right. Um, I need to choo, choo. to thank some uh, pretty awesome people for uh, tonight. Uh, 
Less coffees, Ken Rose. Yeah. You know, I don't even drink coffee. People always want to know what really we're drinking. Yeah. I'm drinking tea and Ken's drinking water with water like with Mio crystal light, crystal light stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. They think maybe we're crazy enough that they were drinking alcohol, but we're, no. we, we don't. No. We just... Uh, huge thank you to Dayron, Wormbley, Gone to the Snow Dogs, Justin, uh, Jamie, thank you guys, Mary H, Lily Lay, Joanne, Pedro Alv- Alvarado, You're very Colesol Mulligan, Katya Alvarez, Karen Arruda, Pamela Colmiero, uh, Peter S, Sandra Lanny, uh, I'm losing a Karen, uh, Renee Greenfield, Julie Terrell, DJ Red Rover, oh, just got a, let's got a, hang on, it's a new super chat, we'll have to grab this one really quickly. DJ Red Rover, uh, 16-week-old Bernese. He's perfect in every way, except he gets super nippy or excited when he's planning. I train him every day using your courses. So um, something that's going to be helpful for you is finding that uh, threshold. So, uh, uh, oh, geez, I forget what the name of the video is. Um, Teaching your puppy... Mm. There's a video with Steve where we work on this playtime, settle, and sit. Mm-hmm. Working on something like a playtime, settle, and sit. Yeah, it'll be in that uh, playlist likely. Dan, if you can find the video that talks about... Oh, shoot. I'll maybe try to find it right here really quickly. Um, and Kel, if you can fill time. No, I'm just going to sit here <laughs> just quietly. Just wait. wait here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's hard for us to, to make specific comments about nipping because bef- there's lots of reasons why dogs nip and there's lots of different ways to correct the nipping and to stop the nipping. And a lot of it has to do with the scenario and the age of the dog and the, and the size of the dog and yada, 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 yada. Um, but one thing that we can tell everybody is about, about prevention because there's lots of times that what people are doing is they're putting themselves in a situation where it's 100%. really easy for the dog to nip and bite at you because of, you know, how you're interacting with the dog, bending down and, you know, so many people get down on the ground and they play with the dog or they let them up on the couch and then the dog bites their face. They let them in the bed, the dog bites their face. Um, So there's lots of things that you can do differently to prevent it from happening so that you don't actually have to weigh on the side of correcting your puppy. So So think about prevention. Foundation, um, fairness, timing. Are you setting your dog up to -hmm. to fail? Um, Actually, and I found the video. I'm going to drop this video in here. It's, it talks about it's something we call playtime, settle, and sit. Instructor Steve, uh, it's how to prevent your puppy from biting. Thinking about bringing them up so that like play level and then asking them to bring it back down mm. again. It can be a really effective tool uh, for You just for sit down and beeline laid down on oh, our feet. Oh, good girl. <laughs> good girl. What a good dog. <laughs> um, but th- we want to thank you guys uh, for the super chats tonight. We want to thank you for joining us. It was so much fun. The chat yeah. was really busy. Tons of great questions. And we hope uh, we can help you to solve yeah, some of your dogs. I see some of you guys like in our in-house classes. I know people were asking. We're in um, around Hamilton area, Ontario, Canada. And if you check out our website, you can find out where we are. If you're in the area, then you can come and see us in-house. If not, if you're at a distance, you can join us online. And we'll see you um, tomorrow for the calls. All throughout the week, yeah. uh, Have you guys decided what the calls are for tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. So if you're in the Puppy Essentials program, tomorrow you guys will be chatting about. Yeah, we do a Zoom call uh, where we're going to talk about different things tomorrow for the Puppy class we're talking about uh, management tactics for um, inside the house so ways to okay. manage the dog a little bit better inside the house so that they're not making poor choices um, whether powerful. that's the crate house line all kinds of different tips and tricks for making life inside the house a little easier um, and then in our life skills program which is for our dogs six months and older we are talking about a kind of similar today actually but maybe a bit of a different spin is um, do you have realistic expectations yeah that's a so pretty important you know one. what are your expectations yeah, like and dogs. do you have the right ones the right level of ones for like the age and the progression of your dog at this point yep. so we're going to start to dive into that um uh, with those guys very cool um and maybe this is your first time on the channel you stumbled across the live stream and uh if this is your first time make sure you hit that subscribe button we publish new videos every week to help you to have a well-behaved four-legged family member a huge thanks to lots of links looting dan the moderator man i saw him dropping tons of uh links for you guys i hope you found it helpful and for for our students our online students we'll see you guys tomorrow uh and uh for those of you who are just here for the train station we'll see you in two weeks on that note i'm ken i'm kale i just want to answer something oh yeah um rose says how does the time difference work with life skills and this is a really great question because we have students literally from all over the world so um you have access to the course content all of the time. You just log into our website and there's a a whole course there for you. You can watch it anytime that you want to. In terms of the support, um, we have um, a wide range of opportunities because we know we have such... um, 
a wide range of people in different time zones. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different ways that, that you can access um, support and feedback from the instructors at different times of the day um, to make sure that, that everybody gets helped regardless of what uh, I almost said what planet you're on, but I meant to say. That, that might be a thing in not too <laughs> I want a student from Mars. Yes. Um, anyways, oh, hello. To, to hello, dum-dums. Oh, oh, my God. Marvin. No, okay, we need to go We've now. lost it. Yep. It's come off the tracks. On that, oh, I want to thank you guys for watching. And on that note. <laughs> Am I supposed to say something now? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you can. You trailed off like you wanted me to say something. Okay, uh, let's try it again. Uh, I want to thank you guys for watching. And on that note, I'm Ken. I'm Beeline's mom, Kale. <laughs> We've lost it. We've lost it. Oh, one quick thing. Camera two, this is the last time you'll see this camera two looking like that. This, this is the last time you'll see the camera two looking like that. that. Uh, going back to camera one. I mean, we're bringing it back around. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. I want to wish you guys happy training. Bye for now. Bye, guys.